We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts or on our YouTube channel, all over social media, or our morning newsletter, KCSN Daily, dedicated to your Kansas City Chiefs. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. KC Laboratory, sponsored by Emprise Bank. It's a live Monday edition of the KC Laboratory, presented by Emprise Bank. A bank is more than a building down the street; it's a partnership for some of life's biggest joys and obstacles. Emprise Bank has all the tools for your rainy days and your brightest moments in life. They're your partner in Possible. Sign up online for an account today and let them be part of your journey. The journey through the preseason's over. And here to help me break down some bubble players on the 53-man roster that will be announced tomorrow are my dear pals. First, find them on Twitter at Maddie underscore KCSN. Matthew Lane, hello. How are we? Looking good today, buddy. Uh, thank you, pal. Um, not too many people care that I am here. It's the return of Craig that all <laughs> anyone cares about. But I do. For the brand, we got to give a shout out to uh, Lane Coulter here with Jalen Watson. Are we right? If Jalen Watson does not make this roster, we do riot. Mm-hmm. We do march on Kansas City and we riot. We march from North Carolina. You guys all got to come to me. And then we march mm-hmm. to Kansas City and we make it a thing. Also, shout out to the chat. A lot of names I recognize. So thank you guys. Thank you guys for popping in here, hanging out with us. Most of you already have liked, subscribed, commented, but do it some more, guys. We appreciate it. Craig, you're back. I'm sorry for stealing a little bit of your sunshine and going on a little bit long here. How, how oh, are you? buddy? You can have all of the sunshine. You can have every last bit of it, and I'm not flying to North Carolina. I'm sorry. I ain't got time for that, buddy. As much <laughs> as I'd love to see your face, I, I just... I ain't got time for that. So I yeah, put it caught great. up with the goats. <laughs> I oh, see now. Uh, how's Tank doing? How's my favorite pig? Oh I mean, yeah, good. they dude, broke out the other day. Uh, I had to chase. I had to chase nah, them around the yard, the front yard, I'm, the literal I'm, yard next I'm to the road. I'm turning around now. I'm turning around, but uh, yeah, I've I missed you guys. I've missed talking Chiefs. I missed Macadoodles. Did this past week has sucked. 
So I'm very, very, very glad to be back here talking Chiefs with my pals. Let's get to it. Yeah, let's get to it. Yeah, the you know, uh, I, I'm sure Maddie wishes he was in Kansas uh, right now because Kansas DraftKings Sportsbook is coming to the Sunflower State. It won't be long until you can bet on all your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home. To celebrate, all new customers will receive $100 in free bets when you sign up using code KCSN. Plus, one lucky customer will win $100,000 free bet. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you a $100,000 in free bet just for signing up, or $100 in free bet just for signing up today. I got to be careful there. It's not $100,000, it's $100,000. <laughs> No deposit required. Soon you'll be able to bet on money lines, spreads, props, and more with one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, DraftKings Sportsbook. Plus, you'll be entered to win a $100,000 free bet when you sign up. You're entered to win that one. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code KCSN and get uh, to get $100 in free bets to use once mobile sports betting hits Kansas. Plus, one customer will win a $100,000 free bet. That's code KCSN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Getting help is your best bet. Call 800-522-4700. 21-plus. Physically present in Kansas. Eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at DraftKings.com slash sportsbook. Subject to regulatory licensing requirements, one per customer, $100 is issued as four $25 free bets. No purchase necessary for sweepstake. Void where prohibited. Ends first day. DraftKings is allowed to operate in Kansas. See terms at dkng.co slash Kansas. Or KS, sorry. I am so excited. That's September 1st is the anticipated date for that. That's going to be a lot of fun. College football. I know. College football week one will be available. Chiefs season will be available. We'll talk about some stuff here in a little bit. No, I'm not there. I have I can't check on all this stuff because I'm not physically in Kansas. However, what are the odds? Who's the odds on favorite for best mustache in Kansas? Because I know where I want to put my money. Yeah, the uh well, they they took it off the board because Craig Stout's mustache game is on point, as our dear pal Corey got uh the worst kept secret on Twitter. Uh Chief Bearcat <laughs> uh points out. Uh, but yes, no, that is Craig does have a, an absolutely gorgeous, beautiful mustache. All right, guys, save all this shit up for me. Is that what, is yes. that what this is? Absolutely. Like chat, we missed Look, you, bud. We did miss you. Like mm-hmm. Craig, Craig and Maddie were literally catching up on Tank, the pig on air. <laughs> like, come on. Like this, this is going off the rails already that we, they, we're all just going to be catching football. up. On People are here for football. Should. If you were uh, just watching the KCSN channel, uh, BJ put together his 53-man roster projection. Uh, obviously, the Chiefs have until tomorrow to kind of come down to their final 53-man roster, or at least the first iteration of that 53-man roster, because obviously a lot can change even after someone makes the initial roster. There could be some strategic things done. We'll find out. But there's some bubble players. There's some locks. Um, I, I think we should kind of go through and maybe just talk about some of the locks some of the bubble players that we see on this roster. Maddie, I th- I want to believe, and I think we should, put him in Sharpie. Your boy, you just mentioned him, Jalen Watson. Locked to make this roster, right? Yeah, I think, I think after this final preseason game, it's 100% a lock. Going into it, I thought we were pretty close. I would have felt comfortable if I had a Sharpie out putting it in Sharpie before this last game. 
But then you look at not only the play on the field from this last game, but you look at the snap counts and when they came. He's getting on the field at the same time as Joshua Williams. Actually, he got on the field before Joshua Williams in this game. He got off the field for the second week in a row beforehand, so he didn't play as deep into the game. And I don't want to read too much into that, but you pair that with Steve Spagnuolo also making sure he brought his name up in the same breath as Joshua Williams as being a replacement potential for Rashad Fenton. He's making the team, and I think beyond this point, it's no longer making the team He's certainly in the mix to get playing time now. It's no longer he's the last guy in or the second to last guy. No, no, he's squarely on that same level as Joshua Williams. If not, maybe even starting to eke a little bit ahead as we get deeper and deeper into camp. So yeah, you can lock him up. You can take that one. It's not September 1st, but you know, you take that one to DraftKings and go ahead and lock it in. Yeah, he he's he's a stone cold lock at this point, which is great because he's looked great. Um, I I think Joshua Williams is as well. I mean, I I, I think the Chiefs are going to have three rookie corners make their squad, and if you would have told us that back in April, we would have been excited. I mean, we liked all these guys a lot. We would have said that there was a chance for these guys to make it, but the room gets crowded pretty quickly if you have that many rookie guys. That's a testament to not only what they believe they're learning from Ladarius Sneed, Rashad Fenton, the guys like that, but also their ability to process the game and get in Steve Spagnuolo's room very quickly. We know Steve wants to run some diverse coverages. He wants to be very flexible on the back end. So the fact that Jalen Watson and Joshua Williams are making this team, Stone Cold Locks at this point, making this team, is just awesome. Like it, it, that speaks very, very well for the future. So I'm excited. I'm really excited when the 53 comes out to see those three guys specifically in that room because that's hey, kudos to Brett Beach. That's that's killing it. Joshua Williams, like yeah, he's a lock. I know his last performance was really difficult. The the the, the Packers game was pretty rough, and there was a moment on special teams. But the reason I was going to bring that up is because I think Joshua Williams and Jalen Watson both have capability of contributing on special teams. I know it wasn't pretty, and it was not perfect for Joshua Williams. Uh it, it was ugly. It was every fast of the game was pretty ugly for Joshua Williams. That's okay. Learning curve is pretty big for him. He's going to be just fine. The tools are immense. But I think both him and Jalen Watson, they'll learn from their mistakes during out, throughout the preseason. I think you're going to see him as special teams contributors. One of them will be playing on defense in some capacity sooner than you think. Could be as early as week one uh, in some capacity. I don't think it's starting necessarily, but you will see him. Mean, maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Rashad, Rashad Fenton came back to practice today. That's so good. That's so probably I, I think he's where they're going to roll. Yeah. 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 You'll still see one of them sprinkle in here or there. Um, that's I think that's one of our locks. Uh, for this for this roster, I think Darius Harris, I think, is a sharpie at this point, right? Like, I feel like that's another guy we should probably look at. Darius Harris played well throughout the preseason, was on some of the key special teams lineups throughout uh, the, the the last dress rehearsal, and I think he played well enough to earn an opportunity. Matthew, yeah, he played well enough to earn the spot. The team clearly likes him. They've kept him around. He hasn't always made the team, but you look at some of the other guys they had, there wasn't necessarily a clear path. He's making this team one most tenured linebacker here. He's got the most experience with Steve Spagnuolo. I might have anybody that's not on the defensive line. He might have the most experience out of anybody, I guess him and Juan Thornhill, but very experienced linebacker. They trusted him to be their backup Mike linebacker. They trusted him to be the next guy in line to call to call plays out there to run the defense it looks like there is hope, or at least they're trying to see if Leo Chanel can do it. And I don't think that Chanel looked particularly bad or anything doing it in the preseason, 
but Harris was better. Harris definitely has a better understanding of the defense, which is to be expected. If for some reason you lose Nick Bolton, you need the guy that is most ready to step in right now without moving everybody else around. That's Darius Harris. And then you get to that play on the field. He looked pretty good. Then you get to the special teams reps where he plays a lot. So yeah, I, I would even go as far to say he's probably more of a lock than Watson, even though barring injuries, Watson's more likely to play this upcoming year, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I agree with Maddie wholeheartedly there. I think uh, Darius Harris is active in every single game this year. Like, I, I think he's a, a lock for the active roster. Ooh. Even. We have seen yes. Steve Spagnolo put a precedence on that backup mic position when we saw them kind of go through just a war of attrition. I mean, say what you will about Ben Neiman, but he was your backup Mike. And when they lost him and Anthony Hitchens, they had to turn to Darius Harris, who was playing Sam that game, had to get moved to the Mike linebacker. And frankly, looked pretty damn good doing it. And since then, I think he's kind of earned the trust of this coaching staff. Last year, they went out, they found the backup Mike for Anthony Hitchens and Nick Bolton, the guy that was also playing a lot. They do put a precedence on that position. And Darius Harris also appears to be a guy that they trust in the dime as well. Not over Nick Bolton. Nick Bolton's still going to be that guy, but that that should be you know kind of what everybody looks for for the backup Mike. now they want a guy and come in call everything wear the green dot not come off the field darius harris is showing that he can be that and he can do that and he flashes i mean he he looks impressive at times so guy that's going to be able to step in maybe not fill nick Bol bolton's shoes fully by any means but can step in and be a contributor, not not necessarily a negative, but be a true contributor for this defense. Yeah, you got to keep him. That's a lock. Guys, I, I'm going to say something. Mm -mm. Tread carefully because you're talking to two defense guys right now. Yeah, this is, defense. this is defensive related, and I, I, I know you know I true locks. Like I think everything else seems about right, but I do think that there are some guys that we need to have the conversation about why they make it, why they don't. I have a. I think if you look at every single position on this football team, it's not an apples-to-apples -apples comparison of the strength of competition across the board or the depth that's represented. And I think some guys may have made the roster by default. Not very many. But if I'm looking at, like, I say one guy kind of made the roster by default, it's one of Joshua Kando or Malik Herring. Because I think that they have to carry five defensive ends. And I don't know if either of them I'm standing on the table to keep. But I'd be kind of surprised to see this team only keep four defensive ends. I think the locks are Mike Dana, George Karloftis, Frank Clark, Carlos Dunlap. Locks. After that, I don't really know if any of these other guys have necessarily stood out to me as players that are 53-man worthy. But don't really have any competition to line up against. So... I mean, Joshua Kando and Malik Herring, we can talk about them kind of in a, in a, in, a, in a, th their own bubble as being on the bubble. Do you think that both one of the two is a lock for this roster? Yes or no? Well, I, I want to expand it to the whole D-line, right? Just because I think we all are agree they're probably going to keep 10 defensive linemen. And it's is, is it going to be five and five or six and four? Like, I think that's probably just as much of a discussion of which other defensive end it would be. So, like, we can start with defensive end, but I think there is a path for both of them to make it and then them not keep, you know, keep only one of Danny Shelton, Colin Saunders, and Taylor Stallworth. Do I think it's likely? 
No, but I think there's a path for that, especially if Carlos Dunlap's injury is a little bit more serious than we know about. Frank Clark's missing a little bit of time again, I believe with his illness right now and illness right now. If they wanted to really protect themselves, keep a sixth defensive end, especially with one of them being Malik Herring, who has a little bit of size, can kick inside, you know, to be a sub-package rusher at times. Maybe it buys you some snaps if you need a D-tackle. I just think there could be a path to six and four. That said, all of those names I just mentioned, not a single one of them is a lock. I would not be surprised <laughs> if any of those players, and that's Joshua Kando, Malik Herring, Danny Shelton, Colin Saunders, or Taylor Stallworth. I don't have any of them as a lock. I think those guys are all, those are the only defensive positions I think are up for grabs. And you're essentially looking for what? Three of those positions are going to be filled by those five guys. Yeah. Steve Spagnuolo is going to keep five defensive ends. He has every year that he's been here. He kept six, you know, two years ago, but he's kept at least five every single year that he's been in Kansas City. I would expect that he's going to keep a fifth guy. Now, the question just becomes, is it going to be a sixth defensive end feeling comfortable kicking a guy inside into some sub packages like he likes to do, like we've seen with Mike Dana, like we've seen a little bit with George Karloftis? Or do you keep one of these guys that has shown a little bit of juice from the interior? Like, is Colin Saunders worth a spot over, you know, a sixth defensive end that you're probably going to keep inactive for most games anyway? You know, you can find situational spots for Colin Saunders to make this team and get some pressure up the middle. You got a bad interior or something like that. You just want to throw waves at him, waves of speed, waves of penetration. Yeah, Colin Saunders makes sense for that roster. Whereas maybe a sixth defensive end, you know, I know that they like to swap those guys wholesale, but unless there's injuries, it's probably going to be four guys that are playing the majority of the snaps. Unless you've got somebody that's a true pass rush specialist, which... Joshua Kando and Malik Herring haven't really shown that either one of those guys is that. So I personally would lean more towards keeping another interior defensive lineman, just finding a situational sort of thing versus keeping a six defensive end. But it's not unheard of at this point for Spagnola to keep six. So Morgan C asking the question here, uh, would you claim someone off waivers before either of those two? I'm assuming she's talking about uh, Kando or he's talking about Kando or... Um... Uh, or herring. Uh, I would, I would say, yeah, like that's definitely a position that you are looking hard at. Um, I, I think, you know, I don't know what kind of players are going to become available. Uh, I think you got to reduce the pool down pretty significantly based on what Steve Spagnuolo prefers. Uh, I what I, there's, yeah, there's just, you know, like, I, I think that's definitely a position you kind of got to look at. I'm trying to remember Rondell Carter, I believe got released recently. He did. What I can't remember what if he was if he fits if he fits Spagnolo's thresholds. I'm seeing six three two sixty nine. So a yeah, little I bit... think if I remember right. He was shorter. I don't remember the arm length though. But if I remember right, he was a little short. But six three would be fine. Six three would be fine. Um. So yeah, I can't remember entirely what his arm length was, but I believe he was at least two out of the three. That's somebody I'd keep an eye on. I saw him released recently. I, I'm you know. <sighs> Kendo's a big, a big old ball of traits that hasn't put it all together yet. Malik Herring has the pedigree, the experience, the size, length, density, um, coming off the injury. But so I just, Rondell Carter, six two and a half, two sixty five, thirty three and a half inch arms at his pro day. So that fits the bill. A little short, but the rest of it fits the bill. So you know, it'd be, it would be a fun guy to look at. 
Do I think that you would jump out and sign a Rondell Carter on waivers over the guys that you've had in the building for the past two years? Probably not. I don't know if there is a jump there right away. If any of these guys are getting on there, it's in case of emergency. I don't know if Carter has the upside to to be worth maybe not being as good in case of emergency. Yeah, I think I, I just I I would be looking to turn the roster over there. I would. I I I just I'm not excited. They're, they're going to be working on it. Like we're going to be talking about defensive ends at the top of the draft for like the next two three years. And that's yeah, fine. yeah, but, it's totally you know, fine. It, it, yeah. yeah, it's fine. But I, I just I mean I you should like, every year you should be talking about defensive ends at the top of the draft. <laughs> they, they should have drafted Michael Clemens this year, like we told them to. The man has been a psychopath all preseason, but you, you know, know he, he might be a psychopath. Uh, yeah, he and, might be. Uh, but yeah, no, he's played extremely well that, you know, from a on-field perspective, that definitely, that definitely would fit. I mean, I think that's about it. Like, I think that's about it when we're looking at the defensive side of the ball. Who's your guys' picks? I want to know who, which three of those guys are making it to round out that defensive line room. Mm. Well, I'm going, I, I'm going to go Herring, Colin Saunders, and we're, yeah, we're, we're going to keep Danny Shelton, even though he wasn't playing <laughs> much. We're going to keep Danny Shelton. Uh, I think I'd go Danny Colin and I'm keeping Kendo, but I'm looking hard. I'm trying to find someone to take his job I'm, in all respect to Josh Kendo, but I, my thoughts, yeah, I'm trying oh, to say, this. yeah, if it's a 50 tackle. If they're keeping five and five, I think the 50 tackles Danny Shelton. I think he's the yes, one that's different agreed. than the others. I would that's be fair. a little surprised if it's Stallworth and Saunders. Not floored, because like I said, I have no real feel on these guys. But keeping Collins, Tershawn Wharton, Colin Saunders, and Taylor Stallworth to me is three guys that all do things relatively similarly. And that also happens to be similar to Chris Jones, just not near as good. But like you have a lot of guys that play football in one exact way. So it would make the most sense to balance that with Danny Shelton if you're keeping five. If you're not keeping, if you're going to keep four guys that are only penetrators, just let Mike Dana or Malik Herring do that from the three tech spot and sub package spots would be my idea. All right, let's talk about some offensive guys here real quick. Darice Fountain, I think, is the is the bubble guy in question. Is 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 Darice Fountain like? What's the case to keep Darice Fountain, Craig? Give me the reason why you keep Darice Fountain. Uh, teams. Uh, I know that he wasn't running with the ones this past weekend, which is noteworthy, but I, I, Dave Tobe likes him a lot. He's a guy that makes sense on special teams, been around a couple of years now, knows the system. Um, Patrick Mahomes seems to like him as well. They've got a little chemistry. He rotated in with the ones quite a bit, you know, throughout training camp. So not just a guy that's been running with the twos all along. And I think he's pretty clearly your sixth best wide receiver like i i like what darice fountain brings better than i like what a josh gordon or a Corey coleman or a cornell powell brings i i I know that coleman's got a little bit of athletic traits that i could see them maybe gambling on but i think that darice fountain the way that he runs routes the way that he is able to create separation his hands like it's all good it's all positive so if you're keeping a guy for teams only you want a guy that can also kind of step in every once in a while. I think he's got a leg up on everybody else that could be in that room if they do decide to keep six wide receivers. What's the case against it, Matty? Uh, I don't have one. Uh, I don't <laughs> I don't have the case against it because 
nobody else on the roster below him does anything better. I mean, Corey Coleman's a better return man, I guess, but he's also not their best return man. So does that matter? I mean, yeah, we're talking, second. Pure 50, <laughs> yeah. we're talking pure 50-50 balls. Josh Gordon maybe is better, but it's not like that's not in Darius Fountain's game. Like that is actually something that he can do is go up and attack the football. So like realistically, the only guy I could see making a case is Cornell Powell. And it would entirely be based around the fact that he's a little bit younger. They have a little bit more club control over him. And he has in the past in college played the same general special teams roles. For the Chiefs, he has not. The Chiefs have not trusted him as much on the special teams as Darius Fountain or as much on the offense as Darius Fountain. So I just, I don't, I can't make a good case against him. I'm not banging the table. I don't think he's quite a lock, but I also have a really hard time explaining a way he doesn't make this roster at looking only the wide receiver position. Now that's where it comes. Big question. Oh, you, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to mess up your flow, Kent. So like, I'm just going to leave it on a cliffhanger. No, I just, I, I think the question is, I mean, it's, I think if they keep six, Darius Fountain's a lock. If yes. they keep yes. six, if they keep six receivers, Darius Fountain's a lock. I don't know if they can. I don't know if they will. Like, it just depends on, because I think they've got to keep four tight ends because I think Blake Bell starts on the active roster, goes on IR, and at some point he comes back. Like, I think they've strong got, agree. Remember, <laughs> Blake Bell's got to be on the initial 53 man roster to be eligible to play this season. So they got to start him on the 53, put him on IR then they can kind of figure out who replaces him on the 53-man roster, that initial 53-man roster, which is crucial. That's the important piece of this because anybody not on the 53-man roster, you have to put at risk. And so if you're keeping five or if you're keeping six, I think Darius Fountain's a lock. But, I mean, you got to keep four tight ends. I think we'll, we'll get to Ronald Jones in the second. Like, that's where things well, get a little interesting. How many well, alignment quarterbacks? Go. Quarterbacks. Oh. No, there's another topic. Do we? Can yeah, we let's, let's go do it. it. Can let's we do, do it? it? All right. I'm. I've been wait, ready to I'll, talk about this. I'm, I've been okay. ready to talk about the Shane Bouchard. I'm just gonna set the table at like how many of these positions can you keep a last guy? Was I guess the thing? Because I think we all have a pretty good idea of who would be if you're keeping nine offensive linemen. I think everybody has a general idea that's gonna be three quarterbacks. We know who they'll be. Four running backs. We know who they'll be. Six wide receiver tight. So on and so forth. We know who the players are. It's just how many of each do you want to keep? So if you don't keep six wide receivers, which position group is getting an extra player, I guess, is like kind of where I'm angling that. Like, what is the number distribution? Are you going straight to a Shane Buchel and keeping three quarterbacks doing this? And that be like, what position are you not spending that six wide receiver or now spending that sixth wide receiver spot on? Right. And but like, I think the problem is, I even if you commit to only six or only five receivers, I think you've got five different scenarios and places you could kind of throw the, the position at you could you could add like there's nothing settled about saying okay we're going with five receivers now what now what happens like i think everything is on the table extra offensive lineman shane mm-hmm. bouchelle ronald jones i mean literally everything is on the table still and that's what like that's why things get so interesting here is like i don't I, 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 we're haggling and arguing over a few players making, like, I mean, we're really not like it's one or two players not making as it opposed to a bunch of players making, if that makes sense. And I, I like, I'm, I'll, I do want to talk about quarterback real quick though. I want to talk about Shane Bouchelle because like that is one of the players in question. There's some momentum. There's some buzz around Shane Bouchelle. We saw Nate Taylor talking about some of it. Um, you know, Shane Bouchelle making a case for the active roster. If Shane Bouchelle, I'm going to make a statement. This is going to, this isn't hot takey. I just really believe this. If Shane Bouchelle 
makes his way onto the active roster at the 53-man cut down today, he is going to be on the roster for the next decade. <laughs> I think this is Patrick Mahomes' like hand-picked backup. I think this is a guy that they love as an organization that Patrick loves. I think this could be a guy that they they think they like the synergy with, they like the continuity with. I very much could see like if they're going out of their way and think about this, if they're going out of their way this year to make sure to keep Shane Bouchelle as the third quarterback when there are roster crunches and roster decisions that we're seeing across the board and all these discussions were happening of how does this work, who take who stays? Who does it? If they're willing to keep Shane Bouchelle as a third quarterback this year, this is a guy that I think they intend on keeping as Mahomes' backup for the long for the future. Whether it be something Mahomes wants a little bit, which is fine. If that's who you want, Mahomes, take. I'll be your backup. I don't. You know that's not good for the Chiefs, but I'll do. You know, I just think that there is like a chance. That if I, I think the reality is if he if he makes it this year, I think he's here for the next decade. I genuinely believe this is a guy that they just they love for some reason. They protected him when the Cardinals came calling last year. I think there's I think this is Mahomes' potential backup of the future. I'm I, not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna justify it, but I'm just you know. I mean, just okay. Uh, <laughs> do are we are we looking at this? Is is this the year that Andy says okay? Here's our dividing line. We'd like to have a veteran presence. We like to have a guy that's a good hang for Patrick in the in the film room for the quarterbacks. And Uchel is now taking that over. He can bring enough good hang. to the table at this young part in his career to say, okay, he's helping Patrick in the film room. He's doing all that. Do we do we think that that's the case? And they're willing to keep three people, which would then turn around and make things difficult i I mean for your roster construction i mean it it, it's tough for me and he certainly can make it by merit i mean i'm I'm not trying to argue that he's not just there as like a token dude or anything like that (laughs) he can certainly make it by merit but i'll I'll go on the record saying like i haven't seen enough on the field to be excited about him as the backup of the future okay i'll i'll say it but this team has gone to great lengths to keep him but do we think that the cheat do we think that he's a guy that gets scooped up do you think do we think that there's such a lack of quarterbacks throughout the league that that's a guy that's definitely getting scooped up by another team here? I he I'll hear it. I, mean, last I know year. the Cardinals sniff yeah. around. I'll hear it, but it's I I don't know. I that one that one's iffy. I'm not blowing up my roster for for I'm not one I'm guy. not Look, I'm not predicting it either. That's why I am saying if the Chiefs go to that length to make this happen, something's up. Right? Like they have oh, a sure clip. they have. That's what I'm saying. If they go to that kind of length to keep him, something is up in my opinion. I concur. If Shane Michelle makes this roster, there is a definite long-term plan in effect because I feel terrified as him as a backup quarterback. Absolutely terrified. I people I've seen way too many people this preseason talk about how Shane Michelle's earned this backup job and should be the backup and is better than Chad Haney and, I have seen nothing to make me think that Shane Buchel would win a starting job, let alone hold on to one for more than one game in a regular season, let alone throw for over 2,000 yards multiple times in the NFL right now. Like He is not a better player than Chad Haney, so it would have to be a long-term play, in my opinion, to keep a roster spot locked out for Shane Buchel, and that's fine. 
I think at some point in time, you go from the point where you are keeping a veteran backup quarterback that hangs around with Patrick Mahomes to watch film with, to help study film, provide ideas and experience. But at some point, your star quarterback now becomes the veteran and you're no longer trying to keep a guy significantly older than him or more experienced to do that. You start replacing them with younger guys that you either a flip for picks in the future or B you just develop them into being that long-term starting quarterback. And yeah, maybe it takes them a couple years like it has Buchel to where they get to that point. So like, I'm not saying there's no chance that he was not on his path to be a long-term Andy Reed backup quarterback. It's just in terms of like earning this spot in terms on his play on the field as being better than Chad Henney. I, I got a hard sell on any of that. Do I think he makes the roster? No, I don't. I think they want him on this practice squad. I think Shane Buchel is the kind of guy that you are okay with losing. If you're not okay with losing a backup quarterback to waivers, a future backup quarterback to waivers, not even your current backup quarterback to waivers, if you're afraid of losing your potential future backup quarterback to waivers, you are doing football wrong. You are footballing that's, wrong if that's potential your Potential future backup. I just, yeah. Like, I, I That's wrong football. I, I am not uh, advocating. But I just think if that happens, they have way bigger plans than I I I could imagine. And maybe the dynamics no, are just super good. Maybe the dynamics and the vibes are immaculate between him and Mahomes and Michelle. It kind of sounds okay. like it too. Like they have like a they have a they seem by all indications they have a good relationship. Mm-hmm. One thing to also keep in consideration: Hey, uh, the team that came sniffing around Shane Bouchelle the last time, who was it? The Cardinals. Who did the Chiefs play in two weeks? Yeah, that doesn't matter. I know. Just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. A little pressure there. Um, they might feel it a little bit. I, 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 I'm not advocating. I'm just saying. If that happens, I think you're going to see Shane Bouchelle and Casey for a while. Like I genuinely believe, like they're planning on making him the, the backup to to Mahomes whenever Chad Henney's contract's over. Offensive line's a little weird. Um, Roger Johnson. Roderick <laughs> Roger Johnson's gone. Uh, Maddie was right about his theory. I think just dropping Roger Johnson in week one when there wasn't pads on as the starter at left tackle, um, which I think is good because, like, I think when we were doing our 53 man roster projection projections in June, it was Jaron Christian as the guy, Jaron Christian, Sharpie, right, Matthew? Ooh, Sharpie's strong, but also, I who's who's Sharpie if he's not. I know well, the only backup <laughs> offensive lineman that I would feel comfortable saying uh, I will give you my toe if they're not on this team is Nick Allegretti. He's the only guy that like I would lose a limb for to say is going to be on this team. Garen Christian's very up next though. He's very much the next one up. After him is another tackle, but not the young guy, not Darian Kennard. No, I think Prince Tigo Onogu makes this team before Darian Kennard does. Ooh. I think Kennard's path to being on this team is as a fifth tackle slash interior offensive line, utility-type offensive lineman, and I don't know if they have that room this year. This is a tough one. Um, you know, before before this hits, all the beat writers kind of get together. They put out all their 53-man rosters and everything like that. There are differences. These guys are they're taking guesses, you know, just like the rest of us are. They are a little more inform- informed, but they are taking guesses. When you see one or two guys that don't have a guy on the roster, like a Darian Kennard, you start to take notice a little bit. When you see as many people as right now that are Chiefs beat writers that are going out of their way to say, yeah, I don't think Darian Kennard's making this roster, I think that says something. 
I don't know anything more than that. We were high on Darian Kennard. I want that man to be the right tackle of the future because he's mean and he's going to be able <laughs> to run, be a run block. I want him. Four years but of club control. Four years. I, yeah, there's so many reasons. And yet that means that there's obviously something something happening there. So with that being the case, yeah, I might be with Matty. Prince Tikawanogo was getting reps over him throughout the entire preseason. Played better. He the guy. He, and he did. He looked better. And so this is a position group, offensive line. Andy Reid kept 10 last year for the first time ever. Typically, he keeps nine or even eight. This is a position group that I'm looking at where you can kind of rob a spot for a little while. We talked a lot yesterday about a guy like Austin Ryder, who will probably make this roster for the week one game. He might be a guy because he's not subjected to waivers. You cut him, say, just chill over here. When we put Blake Bell on IR, we turn around, we re-sign you. Now you're our ninth offensive lineman, and you can kind of do that quick little swap with him, knowing that he doesn't have to leave town. He's not subjected to waivers. If that's the case, I might keep eight guys on the initial 53-man roster, and Darian Kennard is not one of those eight guys. I mean, he's just not. I mean, you got Jerron Christian, you've got Nick Allegretti, and man, yeah, then you're talking about Prince Tiguanogo. You're talking about maybe another interior offensive lineman. We liked Vitaly German, what we saw a little bit out of him. He, he had some impressive moments. He's just kind of a guy that's in the mix for an eighth offensive line spot, and it just raises more questions the fact that we're seeing so many beat writers that are just like, nah, I don't think he's making this roster. I, it, what, what do you He's guys, not in the what, mix for you, eight. He's not in he, the mix for eight. Canard right. is not in the mix for eight. He's not like, in the I, best. I, I feel, he's, uh, yeah. Hey, we have four years of club control. Let's try to get him developed. Let's try to work him out because we want to make sure we hold on to this guy and try to develop him as a project. So he's nine or 10 then. And if you are trying to get guys like, you know, Ronald Jones, Darius Fountain, even Shane Buchel on the roster, <laughs> it's got to come. It's got to come at a four tight ends. I mean, and, all of it, right? Yeah, it's got to come Somewhere. at the sacrifice of offensive line. That's the spot where it has to come from if it's going to come from somewhere. So right. that's a tough room to try and predict right now because I'm I'm with Maddie after Allegretti and Garen Christensen, like not Christensen, Christian. Any one of those guys. Like, you could convince me. You could hard sell me on any one of those guys after that for any litany of reasons, and that's kind of scary because they, they did not look good in the preseason, and yikes. You know, what, like, like back to Kennard really quick. Do you know where we put him in the KCSN draft guide? What position do we, we put him under? Interior. Guard. Yeah. Yeah. We put him along the <laughs> interior because, like, we're like, hey, look, he's got the length. He's got the size. Like, Hopefully he can hold up like the hope is you try him at right tackle. And I think we even said this during draft, like, try him at right tackle. Like there's questions about the feet. He's got to be in a little bit better shape. You know, he's got to kind of develop there in space a little bit. That hasn't happened. So push him inside. Maybe, maybe he's a guy you look to move inside along the interior. If you get to keep him around a little bit longer, this play works better there. Obviously though, you've got a lot of solutions along your interior. You've got your solutions at, left guard center and right guard locked up for the next three seasons at least so tough sledding along the interior you hope you know you, you got to keep them you know you, you, if you keep them i mean nick allegretti's gone next year he's a free agent so um there's some things to kind of consider there yeah i going back i guess now away back away from canard i think we're all kind of in the same boat here right like 
the he's competing for a ninth or 10th offensive line spot and you are keeping him because you don't think he'll clear waivers, which I feel is pretty 50, 50. I could, as a, from just really a draft prospect, he would not clear waivers. I don't believe, but have other teams seen enough to say, eh, maybe it's not worth slapping on our 53. I don't know. That's a 50, 50, 50 right there. Like Kennard's competing for a depth off of the last offensive line spot. Austin Ryder. I want to go back to, I think that's the move to make. Like, I think right now when you are trying to figure out how to steal a roster spot and the way Craig put it, you do want to keep Blake Bell uh, on, you know, on the active roster to start. So you could then put him on IR after Austin Ryder didn't have any suitors last year. He ended up on a practice squad. Then this year he didn't have any suitors. So he came back to Kansas city for just over $1 million. None of it's guaranteed. There's not really a risk. I don't think of losing Austin Ryder. And if you do, Caliendo played better or just as good as him and plays the same positions. I will say German played definitely better than him, and I'd rather have him. Now, I don't know if he can play center, but I think he's a better player right now than Austin Ryder is from what we've seen. It's like, I'm okay. I'd be okay with losing Ryder if someone did go straight up sign him and there wasn't some kind of deal you guys could say like, hey, just hold on for literally 24 hours until we can put Blake Bell on the IR and you're coming right back. It's like, I think that's new. I think the Chiefs go with eight offensive linemen. I think we have now mentioned them. So, and that's the the starting five. Garen, oh, go ahead. I do want to mention this because, yeah, you're right. And there is a little help that's potentially coming. Is Lucas there? Niang is on PUP. Lucas Niang is on the, on the PUP list, physically unable to perform list. We'll see how he comes back off of it. If he looks good, I understand the trepidation about Lucas Niang. But if they are looking at the right tackle position, a guy that's played it for him, he comes off the pup list after week four. He can start practicing again. You can take a look at him there. You can try and figure it out. If Andrew Wiley is doing what he's done in the preseason, you don't like what Prince Tiga or Jerron Christian have been bringing to the table. You do have another guy that you have some control over that you can bring in at that point, regardless of what you think of him. It is another guy that you already have in the building. All right, really quick. I want to do a speed round of a few questions really quick, and then I want to jump to something else before we get out of here, okay? okay. Ronald Jones, yes or no? Does he make the roster? This feels like a, a lot longer question, but... um, Yes or no? Yes. Yes for another team. They're trading him tomorrow morning. Ooh. Okay. I, that... That's the direction I was leading. That's what I was trying to decide between us. Do I think they were showcasing him to get a trade partner or do I think they were playing him a little bit more to get him running with don't do better not offensive tempt running? me with that. We're, we're going to run power and I then Ronald Maddie, Jones needs to be on the roster. And don't, don't dangle that carrot in front of me again. I just like how Craig Maddie answered better than Maddie there. Um, okay. Give me one player speed round that you want to see on the practice squad. Later this week, Matthew. Uh, one player that I would like to see on the practice. I mean, Nazee Johnson, I guess, because the athletic profiles through the roof, you would like to see what he can develop into. I have not seen a lot that I love so far, but the athleticism is clearly there somewhere. Can you unlock it? That's exactly what the practice squad is for. Vitaly German, baby. Keep him. Keep that man around. I like what we saw. Please. I just like... That sounded like Austin Powers, Vitaly German, baby. <laughs> like you just had like a, you had like a little. I don't save that Discord 
channel. No, you went goofy last week. This week you're going Austin Powers. You're uh, you're all over the place now. Give me Jack Conkrin. I think he's outplayed yeah. Micros to this point. I think he's a special teams player, potentially a decent linebacker prospect. Did we go all defense there? No, wait, Vitaly Grimman, baby. Never mind. My bad. All right, real <laughs> quick before we get out of here, I Jerry on Ely as well. J- oh, not, not answer. Yeah, that's a fun one, but I I don't know if I have a ton of hope just for him finding an opportunity of substance, but that's okay. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um, Before we get out of here, DraftKings has a few uh, props out there available or some futures bets on awards. And me and Craig were talking about them a little bit earlier today. Um, So let's just jump into them. Craig, George Karloftis Mm. is... 16 plus 1600 at 16 to one you put a hundred dollar bet you're gonna win 1600 dollars uh for defensive rookie of the year on DraftKings. please just go ahead and elaborate why you think george Karloftis is a good bet uh for defensive rookie of the year because i'm lockstep with you not not just a good bet the best bet Ooh. um i listen they they love to give this award to defensive ends they gave it to micah parsons last year because he played defensive end for a while. Like, I <laughs> mean, let's, let's be real here. So, I mean, they like to give it to those guys unless a corner comes out and has a whole bunch of picks. And I don't see a bunch of guys that are going to do that this year. So I think it's going to go to a pass rusher. And if it's going to go to a pass rusher, I'm looking at these guys and I'm looking at the opportunity share and I'm looking at the secondary and tertiary rushers off of those guys. And I mean, he's going to be in a pass-heavy game script for most of the year. I mean, Patrick Mahomes and this offense are still going to score a lot of points. It's going to be a lot of throwing of the ball. We've seen the motor. There's going to be a lot of fourth-quarter opportunities for him where they're going to be in the dime, where he's going to be pinning his ears back, and he's just going to keep coming relentlessly all game long. I think that he is going to post a lot of stats and that's what matters for defensive player of the year it's not nobody's going back and watching and saying man that's safety kyle hamilton was really good he played really well in man coverage he covered that guy really well even though he didn't get because that definitely didn't happen well i know but still nobody nobody's doing that when they go back and they vote for defensive player of the year they're scanning it and if george karloftis has eight nine sacks that is ridiculously good for a rookie pass rusher. So I think he's got the shot. I think he's got the opportunity. And I think he's got guys next to him that are going to draw more attention. So he's going to get one-on-ones all game long. I 
Listen, I, I'm fully on board with George Karloftis, defensive player of the year, defensive rookie of the year, not player of the player, year. Player, he's like 10 billion to one, year. but that's okay. Yeah, no, I'm not going that far. I'm going defensive rookie of the year, though. Tell me, I mean, like, Maddie, uh, is there any reason not to, you know, like poke some holes in that or don't? Like, I feel pretty good. Like, I'm lockstep with him. I think that's like a very good bet to do that. I think the odds are good where they are right now. So that's what makes this bet worth taking. If you're talking a, you know, bar bet with your friend of just, you know, a slap bet or, you know, just a hundred dollars straight up with one another, is he, or isn't he, you know, with no odds involved, I would have a lot. I mean, obviously a lot more trepidation because there's, you know, the odds aren't there, but also C Spagnolo exists. Not a big rookie guy. Doesn't love to play his rookies. You could very easily see him, pounding reps into Mike Dana and Carlos Dunlap over George Karloftis at times. It's just a Steve Spagnuolo-y thing to do. I agree that Karloftis' play style and the way he's looked this, this offseason and through preseason, he should collect stats. He's the kind of defensive end that will 100% collect sacks, pressures, tackles for loss just by never quitting. I just wonder if he will have enough snaps at the end of the year to rival Aiden Hutchinson, who probably does all the same stuff. Trevon Walker, who also does all the same stuff. Two guys that I think will definitely play more, probably get some level of collection stats at the same clip-ish of George Karloftis. Like I just, I can definitely see a path where he's really good and does what we think is good, but does he have enough volume at the end of it because he is going to be in such a heavy share? All right. I got one more prop or one more award uh, bet. I really like. You guys are gonna be stunned by this. I talked. Oh, I'm gonna bit. be. I'm gonna be very stunned. I'm sitting back and waiting for Rant to come out. Wow, Ronald Jones, one k yards. That's impressive. Man. Yeah, that's a big one. Look, I, I admit, again. We talked about this with Nate Tice. We talked. About, I, I talked about this in June, and I finally wrote about it. I said I was gonna write about it. I wrote about it in mid February. And you can, by the way, check this article out on the KCSN Substack. There's a lot of there's there's some film breakdown in it. There's you know some discussion in depth about this narrative that I'm about to discuss. But uh, you can subscribe for thirty dollars a year. By the way, you're gonna get all of our premium content, uh, film breakdowns during the season, all kinds of great stuff. It's it's great. Ask access to the Discord. There's endless lists of cool things happening right now. In mid February. Patrick Mahomes is going to win the MVP. Uh, he won't be able to accept the award uh, in person because he'll be preparing for the Super Bowl. Um, he's nine to one on DraftKings right now to win the, the MVP. And I think the narrative will have is, has shifted enough from you know his normalization of greatness and people no longer being bored with him. There's been some adversity that has kind of come his way, be it the Bengals' second half game, be it Tyreek and every single time Tyreek opens his mouth that's a good thing for the KC or for for this narrative for Mahomes to win the MVP I think there's enough storylines here that he goes out and he does Mahomes things with a different cast of characters a guy that oh by the way Juju Smith-Schuster I know he just got an adjusted contract but it's not like he's had he's got this giant contract and a bunch of people were lining up to pay him tons of money he's got a brand new cast of characters He's got, you know, uh, he's got the the Tyreek stuff happening all season. And here he is with a chance, you know, a, a team that's being counted out by the rest of the AFC. Like some people think that they're going to be third in the AFC West. Some people aren't willing to predict teams outside of the Chiefs to win the AFC West, even though that hasn't happened in my child's lifetime. 
I just think that there's enough narratives surrounding Patrick Mahomes, which is really all that matters, that that he's going to win the MVP. He's going to have a great season. He's going to have a highly productive season with a different cast, with a bunch of different you know dudes. It's going to be impressive. He looked great the last time we saw him. I genuinely think this is a year that you know maybe he he's earned one prior. He's going to win one this year, and uh, it, and I've got it nine to one. I will be placing one of my free bets on Patrick Mahomes to win the MVP. So I like it at nine to one. Those are the two like arguments I have for some of the awards before the season hits. You can't poke any holes in it, can you guys? I'm sorry, you just can't. No, no, he looked great even running the vanilla stuff with a whole <laughs> brand new cast of characters. I mean, why, why? Matter of fact, I feel so good. I'm going to parlay those two. Like, <laughs> I'm going I'm to bounce it up, baby. Craig, I, we, might have to get, we, we might have to do that. That might. What do you be, mean, might? <laughs> I gotta, I want to go run a parlay calculator to see what that would hit at. Like, that's. I mean, no, but I mean, he looks great. And yeah, no, we, we took away all the, well, he's got all the weapons and all the expectations. And everybody, the last thing everybody remembers was the Bengals game. And he let him down and he owns up to it. Like, he does. So, like, people are viewing him in a different light this season. I know we see all of our favorite guys, Nate, Mina, and. Robert Mays and all these people, like they, all these guys are looking at him and going, Hey, yeah, no, he's still elite. Like we, do we forget about him and come on, like he, he's like the best of the best, but it's still there. There's still enough of that underlying where all of a sudden people are like, ah, oh, that league finally caught up to him. We're going to see what happens. We're going to get to week eight and people are just going to be like, Holy cow. Like Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. We forgot. Damn. We forget. Kent's gonna be yelling, "Y'all forgot!" in post game shows for the first eight weeks of the season. It's gonna. We're gonna change the name of the show to "Y'all Forgot." Uh, <laughs> I can poke one big massive hole in this right off the giggo. NFL Top 100 said he's the eighth best player in the league. Ain't no chance. NFL Top 100 ain't real. That's, That's going to do it for the KC Laboratory. <laughs> oh. Thank you all so much for listening. We appreciate you. We'll be back Wednesday for another live edition of this show. Be sure you're checking out everything going on at KCS, uh, KCS and all of our channels. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the like button, and we'll catch you later.